Today is a very special holiday. Happy Memorial Day. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good afternoon, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live. Actually, we're not streaming live today. It's um, That's not happening, but we are on digitalstreamradio.com if you want to uh, listen to the live stream afterwards or even any other episodes that we've published before. Uh, but we would normally do this at Monday at 6 p.m., but today is uh, Memorial Day, so we're doing a quick recording just to catch everybody up of where we've been and what we've been doing uh, so that we don't leave you out and dry while we go back out and start doing all of our, you know, Memorial Day festivities and honoring those and and people that we've lost um, who've made the ultimate uh, sacrifice for our freedoms Mm -hmm. and to allow us to be able to actually celebrate something like uh, Memorial Day. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, You'll most likely get this once we publish it tonight. But my name is Tom and I'm your host. And as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting uh, with the only one in studio. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And we do have a mystery guest in the studio. She may not speak. She may speak. But, you know, it's my friend Jack. She's sitting to my right. And um, we're going to get started. And thank you for joining us. So, uh, Nick, how are you? It's been two weeks. Yeah, it's been two weeks. I'm good. Uh, super busy. Had a stressful week. I can imagine. <clears throat> Crazy night last night. You're getting ready for gala. And just like any other gala that we've had, you know, even when you were with your pre- previous uh, theater, it's a very stressful thing to get ready for. Uh, yeah. So I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. And, uh, and uh, you know, it, it's, been, it's been a very, very interesting uh, two weeks. Um... You know, we've, we've had all of this crazy news happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was a shooting in Texas, unfortunately. Uh, you know, <sighs> you know, I saw I saw a video earlier today and there's this candy. It's a chocolate covered egg. And inside the egg, um, inside the egg, there's a toy. So it's like you bite into the egg and then you get the chocolate and then there's a toy. Right. So that. Candy is banned in America for the safety of the children of right. America. You can choke. But meanwhile, you can, you know, just walk down to the store, get an AR-15 right. and shoot up 21 people. And uh, that's yeah. not banned yeah. at all. And, you know, the, the interesting thing um, here is is the eerie sim- similarities to Sandy Hook, right? And you would think that after Sandy Hook that that's all it would have taken for meaningful change to occur. At least in, in Connecticut, it did, right? We, we have one of the strictest gun laws um, in, in the U.S., and you would have thought that that would have been the catalyst to, to make some changes nationally. And here we are, 2022, literally 10 years later after Sandy Hook, and another school, same situation, gunman walks in, shoots up a group of kids, fourth graders, Two teachers died protecting their young students. And, you know, like Sandy Hook, it was eerily similar in the sense that, you know, you've got parents frantically looking for their kids. And those that, um, as, as parents found their kids and the crowd dwindled, those that were left behind 
were um, realizing sooner than later that the reason why they were left behind and the reason why they were still there is because their kids were the ones that were left Mm -hmm. in that classroom that didn't survive, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's heartbreaking. It is truly a tragedy that um, it had to happen a second time. We still have no meaningful gun, you know, gun legislation to, to prohibit people from being able to buy uh, such a, you know, a devastating and, and, powerful weapon that can literally kill masses in in minutes and all of this you know comes at a point in time and where we prep ourselves to honor um those you know soldiers that throughout you know the countless wars that we've had over our history um have made the ultimate sacrifice um for for this country for us to be able to have our freedoms and the right to bear arms, but, you know, have no, no way to, to, in a way, regulate mm-hmm. what type of weapons can, you know, we can buy. I mean, this wasn't a person who just turned 18, two days, two or three days before the incident happened and was able to just go buy an AR-15, but can't buy a pistol. Right. But the thing is, like, you know, looking at it, the bigger issue is the fact that it's getting worse right. every year. There are more and more shootings than the previous year, and yet we're doing nothing about it. Right. The amount of students, <clears throat> young kids, that have to go through these drills mm-hmm. and have to be affected or, or are affected by uh, gun violence—it's like over three hundred thousand students have been affected by gun violence at this point. Right. And this is just since Columbine. Right. And every year it's getting worse and worse. And every fucking year we see Chris Murphy on the floor, you know, trying to make a difference. And our fucking legislators won't do shit because of the goddamn NRA. Right. Because the NRA is funding all these motherfuckers. I'm fucking over it. Look, look around the world. Right. We are the only country with this fucking problem. Right. You know, when I, I can't remember the, the country, but when it there was a country, was it can No, it wasn't Canada. Uh, but there was a mass shooting at a school in some country. And I can't remember what it was, but literally. I thought it was Switzerland. Maybe it was. I, can't, it, I, I thought I thought it was. But when that happened, the government reacted. Right. I there mean, hasn't you, been another shooting. Look at the shooting in New Zealand uh, when a gunman went in and, you know, shot up a mosque. And within two or three days, they literally changed the entire way they saw mm-hmm. weapons and, and guns. How right? long have we been doing the show now? Uh, since 2016. So we're six years. And how many times have we had to have this conversation on the oh, show? Oh, a, a plethora. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you think about, for example, what happened at Club Pulse, right? Um, 49 amazing souls were lost in that day. Um, and, and at the time, it was the biggest or the, the, the biggest mass shooting that had occurred in U.S. history until the shooting in Las Vegas, right? Which happened, you know, maybe three or four years later it, it's it's a problem and you know it was funny because you and me we we this weekend we went and saw a movie we did and this is on the tail end of what just happened in texas and i'm sitting there at the beginning of the movie and i'm like the way the theater was um 
uh, configured. Configured. We, where we were sitting, would have no safe route out. Right. And that was my first thought when I sat down. And I didn't share that with you because I didn't want to like freak you out or I anything. I thought the same thing. But like, I was like, there, if, if somebody comes in, if a gunman comes in, yeah, I could duck. But like, there is no safe route out. I'm a goner. There's, there's only one way out, right? right. We there were, was the we one were on the, on the right yeah. side of the theater, and the only exit is the exit at the end on the left end side, and the walkway that walks out to the main corridor, right. which is also on the left. Right. So we would have literally had to like travel out, probably passing some sort of you know shooter or something. Um, and I know it's not a school, and it's not. That's but that's not my point. Like we as like our government is broken. Like. Right. As as an American person, we have the right to feel safe. Um, we have the right to live, right? right? And we should not be going to a movie theater and thinking, okay, if there was a mass shooting, what would I do? Right. And these kids go to school every day thinking, if there's a mass shooting, what what would I do? I mean, when you brought up the fact that that one young girl, and mm-hmm. remind me of her age... Um, well, she was a fourth grader yeah. in the same classroom where all these kids were executed. Covered herself in her, you know, School her mates. friend's blood. So she looked dead to save her life. Mm-hmm. No fourth grader should be thinking like that or right. have to think like or that. Or even the drills that they have. Children now have drills in schools yeah. um, to react um, in in the quickest way possible to an active shooter in their school, um, you know they have lines. I was watching this this special where they have a line of sight line that goes all the way through the classroom, so that if you're looking in through the one window on the door, anything behind that line is out of sight to anyone that's looking into the classroom. And so when they're doing these drills, the students are taught to run to that line grab whatever desk are nearest them, flip them over and push them towards them. And everyone gets behind that line because what it does is it, it lets anyone know that's looking into the classroom, that there's no one in that classroom because they, he can't see you're in the blind side of, of the room. Uh, yeah. um, and then you, you start thinking about, for example, some of the other security measures that have been put into place where the doors lock automatically. As soon as someone pushes a button to prevent uh, people from going into a classroom, um, you know, surveillance systems where like smoke comes out of like the freaking ceiling and, and immobilizes anyone that's in a hallway, doesn't let them really get an orientation of where they're at. And no matter where they go, they can just keep executing the, these, these smoke bombs in these hallways and it's, you think to yourself wouldn't it be much easier and less expensive <laughs> to just ban the sale of these types of weapons of mass destruction um, well, than even- to implement a $500,000 security um, protocol in mm-hmm. each school in the US? I mean I think you're right but I also don't necessarily think I mean first of all it's America I don't I don't foresee that ever happening, but the reality is, okay, so you're not going to ban them. Right. What are you going to do to ensure that they're in the hands of a responsible person? Right. And how do we do that? Right. And until we figure that out, I think sales need to stop. Right. 100%. I agree. But, you know, it's, again, you know, you've got... 
The only people that can fix this situation right now is Congress. And Congress has two chambers. You've got the House who's ready to pass a bill and can get it through because they have the majority. But you have a Senate that's 50-50 split. And I can guarantee you that 50 senators on the Republican side will vote against any meaningful legislation that can regulate the sale of uh, of these types of, of weapons. And you say to yourself, you know, why? Th- this is not a, a No, you a don't say why. Issue. You know why. We know why. I mean, obviously, the NRA is is in it, and they get a lot of funding from these, you know, um, gun lobbies, and 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 they have to, you know, not do what's right for the American people. And it's sad. It really is sad that th- this is where we are. Um, I didn't think that this was the conversation that we were going to have today, but it's heavy and it's needed. We need to, you know, express how we're feeling because, like I said before. I thought that once Sandy Hook happened, you know, kindergarten first first graders were murdered. Mm-hmm. That that would be that would be it. Yeah, well, when and that it wasn't when that happened, it was such a shock, right? right? And now every time it happens, it's painful and it's it's scary and terrible, but it's not a shock, and right. that is the fucking problem when i open up my news app or when i turn on the news and i see another school shooting i'm just like uh well here Here we we go again right and you know what you know i i I do have to something i'm gonna say good came out of sandy hook and that is what the parents did with the memory and the legacy of the kids that they lost. And it is the hard work of the Sandy Hook Foundation and what they're doing to... It's called Sandy Hook Promise. Right. And, you know, I, I, have, to, I have to admire uh, Nicole Hockley. She lost her son. This woman, in the face of all of this loss, has found a way to honor her son's memory in a way that, um, you know, immediately after the shooting happened, the Sandy Hook Promise Foundation mobilized. Mm -hmm. They were in Texas immediately. And and because they understood that pain, they understood what these parents eventually will go through. Um, And, you know, and and this whole botched response from, you know, the police department. You had over 14, 15 people in a hallway sitting there for 35 minutes while this gunman was still in there and no one went in. You had parents who, so there was this one woman who got handcuffed trying to get into the school to get her child. Somehow she was no longer handcuffed. She walked into that school, pulled her child out, got her child to safety and there were still 15 plus police officers in that hallway waiting for instruction on how to go and barge in and, and, and neutralize this threat. It's scary. We had people who were law enforcement who were going in to get their own kids and walking right out the whole, my, and who blames them, right? This is my kid. I I, screw my job. I'm going to go and save my child. Uh, because clearly they weren't doing it. The whole response was just completely inadequate. It's uh, investigations need to happen as to why why this happened. You have to think about the fact, you know, um, it's sadly, as a Latino, I have to say this. Every child that passed away and every student and every teacher that passed away was a Latino child. Can I ask, do you know if the shooter was Latino? Yes. He was. Yes. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, 
the response in itself, uh, while it might sound, you know, ludicrous to think that, you know, there may have been um, a lack of response because you're talking about a Latino community. Um, it, it just goes to show you, like, why were you sitting in the hallway for 15 minutes and not doing anything while the shooter was in that classroom for 35 minutes? You know, um, and the person who was running the, the, the operation at the time, the person who was assigned to 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 spearhead the entire efforts basically said that um, he thought that it was no longer an active shooter situation, more of a hostage situation. And that that's the reason why they decided not to barge into this classroom and kill this 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 person. And it's sad because it doesn't matter whether you think it's an active shooter or if you think it's a hostage situation. The fact is you still got fourth graders in there, mm-hmm. you know, that are scared out of their lives. Some didn't make it. Um, didn't even know what happened, probably, in the sense that, you know, they were there one minute and gone the next. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think about the fact that my brother just had a little baby girl Mm. and she's going to be growing up in a world where she's going to have to do these drills and she's going to have to in kindergarten think about this stuff. And it it kind of changes your perspective a bit. Like, I love that girl so much. You know what I mean? And if anything were to ever happen to her, Chris would never recover. Right. Lindsay would never recover. Like ever. I I I would never fucking recover. You don't recover from something like that. No. And we like it it's it's you know, we say it all the time, but it's it's beyond time to fix the fucking problem. We have the power to fix the problem, and part of the problem is our government is broken. So fix that fucking too. Like it's time. Yeah, there's so many things. Um that went wrong and so many things that could have been dealt with um, much better. But unfortunately that's not where we're at. And like I said before, if Sandy Hook didn't do it, this is not going to do it. We're not going to see, I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't think that we're going to see any type of meaningful uh, changes in the way that we look at guns and the power they have over society in, in the U S it's, it's heartbreaking. It truly is. You know, and and then you look at the situation. We were having a conversation outside about you know dying of a broken heart. You had a a, a man who had been with, with his wife for over twenty years. They had four kids together. She is executed in the school, protecting her her students, and he died two days later. You know of a heart attack. It's you know, and now you have four children. Um, well, I mean, they may be, you know, at different ages, but you have four humans that lost their parents, both of them in a matter of days, um, because of the tragedy that occurred, um, in Texas and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I hope, I hope that I'm wrong, that we're not going to see, um, meaningful and significant changes in the way that we look at guns and how that plays an impact on our culture here in the U.S. Because you're right, it doesn't happen anywhere else in the developed world, and where guns play such a pivotal, um, important like important conversation piece on how we do we conduct business when it comes to government um, perspectives. Um, it's sad. It it really is. It really is. And. 
All we can say is, you know, rest in peace, little angels, and our hearts are with the people um, who lost their loved ones. You know, you, you, it's, it's, it's tragic. It's yep. tragic that we're still here. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that being said, like I said, wow, that took a very heavy turn. We didn't expect that to happen, but, you know, that's where we were. But um, I want to mention, you know, today again is May 30th. It's Memorial Day. Uh, we're remembering those that made that ultimate sacrifice. Um, to, and that continue to fight for the country. Right. Um, to give us the freedoms that we, we get to, you know, partake in every single day. Uh, and the rights that we get to exercise for ourselves and for our fellow countrymen. And, um, you know, don't lose sight of the important things and why we celebrate this holiday. And um, June 1st is around the corner. We've got two more days, um, which, of course, is the unofficial but official kickoff for Pride, uh, which will start happening now uh, in most of the vicinity of the Northeast. Um, You're going to start seeing a lot of celebrations, a lot of parades, you know, and after, you know, two and a half years of being isolated because of COVID, you're going to start seeing big celebrations take place. New York City will most likely be a madhouse uh, come the mm-hmm. last Sunday of June, uh, along with any of the other, you know, celebrations that, that are going to be happening. Just, you know, be, given, care, be safe, <laughs> given the situation that we're in, be safe, be very vigilant, have four eyes all around you all times, you know, um, buy your own drinks. Don't let people hand you stuff that you don't know. You don't want to get drugged. Any, you know, any of those things. Um, because we all went through it for the past two years. And on the other side of those two years, there's a lot of people that are going through some serious shit um, that may try to do some crazy stuff. So just be vigilant, have fun, enjoy pride, be festive, take advantage of the fact that things are opening back up and that we're getting to a point that, you know, we can somewhat feel normal, but you know, don't, don't sleep on the fact that COVID is still a thing. Yeah. And um, we did say that this was going to be a very, very short episode because we want to get outside and we want to do our, our, um, you know, cooking. I want to put some burgers on the grill and hot dogs and sort of kind of relax and enjoy this beautiful weather that we're experiencing in the Northeast. This was mainly supposed to be a PSA saying, like, you know, it's Memorial Day. We want to thank all of the fallen soldiers, all of our soldiers in general. But obviously, there's been a lot that's going on that we had to address. Um, uh, And we weren't here last week, so we wanted to just send out a quick note. Um, Sorry, it was so heavy, but... Yeah. um, It's been a heavy two weeks. Uh, My father passed away last week, uh, and that happened. And and that was a whole process. Um, You know, I've spoken about, you know, my relationship with my dad, um, or lack of... And so needless to say, the dynamics of how all of that played out and family was very challenging. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we got through it. I got through it. Um, I'm OK. Everything's fine. And but, you know, you, you do what you have to do to one, be with family, try to, you know, navigate those those stressful exchanges and and trying to best, um, you know, do what you can with your feelings and, and where you are. Um, I want to thank my friends, you know, f- Jack for coming and and supporting me. And and Jay was there. Jay's not here with us today. He's with his family. And Elsie, Elsie uh, also showed up, um, you know, and, and it was it was a very much needed distraction to some of the, you know, 
anxieties that happen, you know, being surrounded by family and in such a stressful situation. And so there were a couple of moments that that laughter was critical and crucial and very important for me to have because it allowed for me to sort of kind of um, not think. About not think about yeah. what was going on. So um, thank you all for um, coming out and, and being such a huge support. And I love you all for it. Every single one of you. And I keep looking at the camera, even though we're not live streaming. I know. It's a habit. It's a habit. I always look at that camera. <clears throat> anyway. So, um, and I think, you know, one more thing I think we should talk about before we go. And that is, of course, um, Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah. Right. Um, she is someone that's been huge in your life. You, do you want to talk about what she means or what she's meant for you over all these years? Trish. Oh God. How do you put it into words? Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just find her as an inspiration generally. I mean, the way that she has helped people right. and cares about people and the environment and really sees a lot of the little people that are doing big work great things and 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 then lifting that up you know that is what i think is so powerful when it comes to you know the nurses or the teachers you know i i I don't want to say little people but you know somebody that wouldn't normally be acknowledged on a platform like that and she takes a moment to actually like lift up the work that they're doing and also acknowledges that the work that they're doing is so, so valid and so important. Right. Um, and the fact that she's given away so much product and or money to charities that matter. Um, I mean. And the many lessons. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know what happened. <laughs> when COVID happened and there was that whole like drama with the Ellen show, but I hope to God and I, I would assume she is um, who I've always thought her to be. Right. And when her last episode came out, there were a couple of people on Facebook that said, you know, really mean things like good riddance or um, uh, thank God or, cancel you know just stupid stupid stuff and i'm like okay yeah she has a responsibility to her staff and shit happened but are we not going to acknowledge the 19 years of amazing things that she's done right like the 19 years of giving and caring and highlighting and also before that everything she went through pretty much losing her career and finding this new path and in which she didn't just use it as a platform for herself, but as a platform for humanity. Right. Right. Cause we, we have to keep in mind, Alan DeGeneres was one of the first artists, one of the first to publicly come out while she was at the top of her game, had her own sitcom, the Alan show. Um, and she got fired for it. She came out in the 90s. She got lost her job because of trying to live life authentically. And, you know, then she, Oprah, decided she was going to retire. Oprah said, you know, I'm gone. And here comes Ellen says, you know what? I want to give this a try. I think I have something to say. I think I have a lot of things that I can do to change the world. But ultimately, she said it best in her own words that, you know, she tried to use the platform for love and and to to be able to spread goodness and kindness to the world and 
like you said, there has been a lot of issues that have happened with a lot of different celebrities and a lot of different people, but there have been very few who have had to be knocked down and then bring yourself back up and come out even stronger Mm -hmm. and in the process change the entire world. I mean, when you think about Ellen and her coming out and her being one of the the few celebrities that had the guts to do it and lose her job for it and then come back stronger, it's it's a testament to the fact that when you speak truth, great things always happen, Mm -hmm. you know? And I admire her as a human. I think that her comedy... Um, when she was doing stand-up comedy, is lighthearted. It was never meant to be mean. It was never meant to be degrading to anyone. Um, and it was always very fluffy and happy. And it's just the type of person that makes you feel good. And I hope that that's what people took over the past 19 years. But um, I mean, who's going to do, the, what is it, the 15 days of giveaways? Right. <laughs> Come on. I mean, Oprah gave away cars to everyone in one episode, but this woman was giving gifts out for 12 straight days, year after year. And it was just amazing. And, you know. Thank you, Shutterfly. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, We've partnered with Cheerios this year. Yeah, Cheerios gave out (laughs) $10,000. And they love the work that you're doing and people like you. And they want to give your foundation $10,000. And then they get all excited and... And then we want to give you ten thousand dollars. I always thought like the foundation, right? <laughs> say they're good for your heart. They're good for your wallet too. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but you know what? I think that there's no better way um, to close today's episode, um, very short episode with with Ellen and in her own words saying goodbye um, to her viewers and to the world from the Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, and God knows what she's going to get into next, right? Because this is not the end of Ellen. It's just the end of an era of of her show and what that meant for, for us as humans. So, I will say, before you hit yes. play, I vote for Tiffany Haddish. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. She did have a lot of guest hosts while during her last season. Uh, and Tiffany was by far my favorite. Her, oh. It's either her or Twitch. And Twitch was... Oh, Twitch incredible. would be great, too. Yeah, he was good. I like his dancing. And he's very fluffy again and, and makes you feel good. And um, I'll never yeah. forget that one episode when um, Ellen, <laughs> Ellen was interviewing Tiffany Haddish. And she was talking about losing weight. Mm-hmm. And she was comparing fat to mayonnaise. And Ellen was like, fat isn't mayo. She's like, yes, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and like would not let it go the whole episode. She's like, we'll come back and talk about this again. And Tiffany was like, mm-mm. It's, it's fat. It's mayo. It's mayo. I love her, though. <laughs> I love Tiffany. She's been doing great, great stuff, too. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, listen to Ellen say goodbye one last time. I want to thank my staff and my crew once again, but most importantly, I want to thank Mary, Andy, and Craig. Mary and Andy, you have been with me since day one, and I am so grateful. I got so lucky that I have two executive producers that not only knew how to make a great show, but make a great show for me, because you understood me, you got me, you knew who I was, you knew my comedy, my sense of humor, you knew what I cared about, what was important to me. You surrounded me with so much love and so much support. You nurtured me, and you found a way to make me shine brighter than I could do it by myself. You helped me be my best. I love you more than I can possibly say. Your family, 
And to Craig, you're my rock. You have been with me for 25 years. We have been through everything together, 25 years, thick and thin. We've laughed, we've cried. You have been my constant source of support and love, and I thank you. You're brilliant, you're talented, you're super smart. I admire you, I respect you, and I love you. (sighs) To all of you who have watched this show and supported me, thank you so much for this platform. And I hope that what I've been able to do in the last 19 years has made you happy and that I was able to take a little bit of pain away from a bad day or anything you're going through. And I hope I've been able to inspire you to make other people happy and to do good in the world, to feel like you have a purpose. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. If I've done anything in the past 19 years, I hope I've inspired you to be yourself, your true, authentic self. And if someone is brave enough to tell you who they are, be brave enough to support them, even if you don't understand. They're showing you who they are, and that is the biggest gift anybody can ever give you. And by opening your heart and your mind, you're going to be that much more compassionate. And compassion is what makes the world a better place. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I feel the love, and I send it back to you. Bye. That by at the end just got me. Yeah. I was just like, wow, wow. But it's it's an end of an era. And you know what? She did great work, like you said. There was a lot of stuff that happened. But in the end, I think that we should try to remember people for a lot of the good work that they do. And we all stumble. We all make mistakes. And all we can do is pick ourselves back up and try and hope that in that process that we are forgiven and re- and and people can realize that we're not defined by the mistakes that we make, but we are defined by the work that we do after and how we choose to um, be better for our misgivings. And so um, with that being said, um, thank you to Ellen and her crew and anyone that ever had anything to do with producing such uh, an amazing person for allowing us to uh, view a little bit of her for the past 19 years on TV and, and brightening our our lives a little bit. So, and with that being said, uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the short, short, short episode today. It's only 30 minutes. And, uh, but you know, the drill, Uh, if you love the show, make sure that you go subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcasting service. Uh, By subscribing, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your web browser or device as soon as our episodes are published. And remember that you can support us on Patreon, which allows you, our listeners, to support the show with a monetary donation, which we collect monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. Uh, Trish? I don't know what's going on next week. Yeah, we don't know yet, but we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, shall we do? I mean, at this point, we're already in it. Right. So, so now here's Nick with our weekly reminder for all you bottoms out there mm-hmm. who want to keep your buttholes on point. Yes, we are talking about the future method. I'm going to give her some love, Trish. Thank you. All right, everybody, get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. The first of its kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser or scrub today. All right. 
And Should we put a rubber? Or yeah, we're gonna rain do a rubber, a rain, a... because Jay's not here today. So. Butt plug. Let's put a butt plug on this motherfucker. That's what I want. Our show is available on our website, GayTalk20.com, under audio podcasts. It's also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. You can find us on social media: Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0, Twitter at Gay Talk 20. You can email us at GayTalk 2.0 at GayTalk20.com. Tom, it's your turn. Right. And you can also contact us. Just visit our website. Click on the contact us tab located at the top of your web browser there. You can leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host, or you can call us. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. If you need all those digits, it is 334-429-8255. Don't forget that we do stream live every Monday. Well, except today. At 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. You can also catch our shows once we publish them on your favorite podcasting service. With that, ladies and gents, that is our show for today. Again, happy Memorial Day. Thank you so much. And y'all have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more dish.